Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Eric Castillo from We The Switch Podcast and Infinite Talks Podcast. And um, today we're going to interview Jeff Castillo, which is my brother, a.k.a. Digital Jeff. Um, I'm so glad that I'm able to interview him because he's my brother and I have access to him at all times of the day. So, And uh, we're using this platform today, StreamYard.com. Shout-outs to them. Shout-outs to Jeff for hooking me up today with this uh, platform. Um, usually for We The Switch, the pod- we the Switch podcast, we like to talk about things that inspire people. How do we switch it up in our lives, especially with, you know, how we're going through this chaotic moment. And uh, at the same time, we're all trying to figure out things out on how to survive and how to stay afloat from whatever that's being drawn on us. You know, all the energy that's being produced by people feeling stressed, people feeling like uh, depressed and people just having a little bit of a, a change in their lifestyle. So, um, and for infinite talks, uh, we like to, well, in my podcast, I like to just have sit down interviews and talk to people about, you know, their lifestyle, like what they've inspired them to do, what they have to, what they're doing or just ideas that they have and, and thoughts on certain, you know, uh, constructs that we do live in our, in our, here in our environment. So without further ado, I want to bring out digital Jeff, my brother. What's what up? up? What's up? What's up? Yes, yes, yes. How's it doing, bro? It's so good doing. to see you. It's so good to see you and see you through virtual ways. <laughs> yeah, man. It's been a minute since we hung out. I miss yeah, you. Yeah, I miss um, you too, bro. I miss you too. Happy to be on on the show again. This is, this is not the first time I'm on the show, but this is the first time we do it virtually. So. It should be interesting to see what we can, um, that we're going to go over. Yes. Yeah, man. And so thank you for uh, making time for me today. I know that you're a busy man, you know, and never, never right. busy for you, bro. <laughs> thank you so much, bro. Then we're, I'm quarantined as well as you. And, uh, it's just been a crazy time since all this has been going on. It kind of, at me, it threw me off at first, you know, with my diet, my, uh, the way I exercise because I'm an outdoors guy. And I like to do like, like a lot of things outside and you know, the whole fear, I'm not going to lie, man. It, it did catch to me. It like, caught me at first. And right now I'm kind of like going away from it, but today we're going to dive into those, uh, those parameters, man, those waves. Well, let me ask and, you a question. Yeah. Are you, are you more scared now than you were a week ago or Hell, is it the same? Fuck no. <laughs> I'm not scared anymore. <laughs> Uh, it's interesting because I feel like a lot of people have lost that sense of fear, fear. which is even more scary now because people seem to not uh, take the precautionary measures that they were taking a few weeks ago. And that's why it's more scary to be out, out on the bop right now. Yeah, man. So, it, I mean, it's, the thing is that uh, ever since Easter happened, I kind of tuned out all like news good bad news from targeting the coronavirus i just didn't want to know anything about it so since i kind of tuned it out for holy week it kind of carried over to like right now so i haven't really dwelled too much on that information even though i do check it out every now and then and i'll see oh look that seems kind of interesting you see what's going on with that but i'm not feeling the fear anymore and i think that's what's kind of helped me just to alleviate the the psychological stress that we're going through yeah man but yeah so that's so, really good. So, like here, like for this episode, man, I really wanted to to dive in into a lot of the things that are affecting us, right? But 
for We The Switch podcast, we're doing a new season. This season is going to be like a produced, heavily produced uh, uh, a series of episodes. We're going to do eight episodes on things that we can control, you know, and especially out of this pandemic, you know, it, it changed our mind state a lot. And I think uh, we're, we're, gonna fo- we're focusing on eight topics within that construct of con- control. Mm-hmm. So control, control is the main thing. Things that we can control, you know, like our, our anxiety. I mean, not our anxiety, but like we can control things that causes anxiety. We, we mm-hmm. don't have to tap into that fear. Uh, kind of like what we're talking about right now. We can talk about how uh, we can change our environment, um, our personal space. You know, we can change yeah. our working space, our creative space. Uh, we're going to talk about diet and how we can still control that, even though it's very hard when stress levels are high. We tend to eat, you know, worse foods and not healthy foods. But, uh, we have control- about that. <laughs> but we have control over that. That's the thing, right? And then yeah. uh, we can talk about, uh, we're going to talk about currency, how we can still control our currency. And that's not only just uh, time, but also money, you know, both currencies. Mm-hmm. And with, there's, a, there's eight topics within, within that control uh, main theme of control and from there all these interviews that i'm going to be doing we're going to get like the the, the best uh, gems the best clips we're not going to use the whole interview but we might i mean you might have a whole gem you know yeah, but yeah for the most for the most part we're we're going to cut and paste a lot of the audio clips and we're going to paste it together and put a good produced show uh for the series this this year and then on Infinite Talks, I'm going to drop the whole interview. Like, everything that we're talking about right now, everything's going to be on there. And uh, that's basically the the gist of this interview, how we're going to put it all together. And for Infinite Talks, it's really, we, we can talk about anything. We can go any direction, especially right now, since me and you vibe a lot. We always talk about the same stuff, and we have similar ideas, but you also have your own personal views on other stuff, so we can, like, talk about stuff um that's impacting our lives right now so yeah got it it sounds amazing man i'm really excited about what you guys are doing um yeah as always like i um i actually appreciate what you guys have been doing for the last couple of years because it takes a lot of hard work to create each episode and i've listened to if not all the episodes a good majority of them probably 90 percent of them at least yeah and each episode leaves me with a sense of gratitude towards what I'm doing, regardless if it's connected to what you guys spoke about. And mm-hmm. I'm excited for what you guys are doing in, in this new season with these eight, eight episodes. So any, any way I can contribute, let me know. Oh, for sure, for sure. And uh, also, let me mention uh, Happy Oscar, man. He's the main, he's the guy behind the plan. He's the, uh, the producer, man. So major, major shout outs to Happy Oscar. I know he's busy doing the other things and he's gonna be more busy this year doing the, the production side production side of it. He's also gonna be doing interviews as well. Mm-hmm. But uh we're all gonna like put it all together and he's gonna be practically putting it all together, even though we still are gonna meet up and do a one to one with me and him and record like what's going on with each of our stories for that specific topic. Mm-hmm. And then he's gonna come down and cut and paste everything like like a you know like a like a film but in audio format. So Got it. it's gonna be pretty pretty cool, man. We have a lot of cool cool projects in store for this year, and I think that's one of the best ones. Also, I'm 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 excited for like expanding on my personal podcast because I've I've have so many ideas and I have a a lot of people I want to interview. Oh yeah, hell yeah. Uh, 
and I want to shoot high, man. I really want to shoot for like people that I have people that are not in my, uh, you know, circle, but I want to talk to them because I have interesting, I not interesting ideas, but I want to know why, uh, certain people feel a certain way, you know? So I want to get mm -hmm. deep into talks with people with, uh, all kinds of, all kinds of life. Actually today I interviewed Felipe Martinez. Oh, badass. Yeah. He's an amazing kid. Oh, he's not a kid anymore, but <laughs> he's 19. Yeah, yeah, man. he's he's uh, making waves, and I love seeing his passion. He's one of the most passionate people I've met recently. Mm -hmm. well, I've met him for I've known him for a while now, but that I've actually been able to vibe with him in person and see what he's doing and be supportive in any way that he's um, like. When it comes to creators, uh, one of my one of my passions has always been being able to support people that are uh, driven towards. In, in a project that's almost impossible to to happen and uh -huh. it's like against all odds what is this person going to be able to do and i like getting behind those projects because it's, it's a sense of um uh, excitement to the possibility of like, what if it does work out you know so i see felipe as uh, a leader in the community even though he's by the way you guys don't know who felipe is He's a filmmaker from Laredo, Texas, and I think he's been out of out of out of Laredo for a couple of years now. Yes, and he he uh, produces first feature film called Awanta, and it's based on a story that can be very touching to a lot of the people in our community. Exactly. Um, so we we'll love yeah. you guys. Check him out. Shout out to to Felipe. Yeah, um, shout out to him. And and uh, during the interview, I didn't I had a hunch that he was from United South, which is our school, alma mater, but. I wasn't sure, so when he told me, I was like, "Wow, that's amazing!" And then he told me like a lot of his, a lot of his uh, inspirations growing up for like actually going into film, and I was like, "Dude, that was I actually felt like that was like my story because I had similar experiences." That's one of the things I, I shared with him that yeah, um, he honestly he had a lot of uh, similar like parallel um, upbringings and visions. At that, especially at that age, when you're, you know, you're you graduated from high school and you want to go out there and you really don't know what your your path is going to be, and you feel a little bit lost. But if he he had a sense of um, of uh, direction from from an early age that he knew he wanted to do something with film and he never looked back and he hasn't looked back. So you know, it's it's something that I know for for a fact that. When I started, when I started filmmaking, it was because of you specifically. Back in the days when you would create uh, home movies, and uh, you were the director, the writer, the producer for these films. <laughs> um, yeah. And then I saw it as, as an opportunity to share what I was thinking. You know, be able to create it into something that other people can experience. What I was thinking, I thought that was like magic. And um, by the way, I, I don't know. I I think I shared a photo with you on the on the family group message with the picture of all the VHS tapes that I found. No, I don't remember seeing it. I think I, think, I might have shared. I thought I shared it with you, but I guess I didn't. Um, I know I shared it with. Um, <laughs> I, I think oh, you, know what I, you know how people share everything in that page, and like if you miss it, you yeah, go all the way up. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a, yeah. So, anyways. But I I found a bunch of VHS tapes from when we were little, so we gotta go over them once this quarantine's over. Mm -hmm. Actually, I was telling Felipe that I found a movie here. My, I have it here in VHS. One of the movies that I made back in '98, 
And the reason he was, he, I, I remember this because he was telling me that he made a film where he was all five characters. I was like, dude, I did that. I was like, I was like, I did that, dude. But I was three characters. I was like, I was. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. If you remember, but I was actually. Um, I remember placing the camera like on certain angles because nobody was there that day, or like nobody was helping me out. So I was like, having to be creative. Which one is and it? It's the the one where like I'm like a I was like a regular kid who became a drug dealer. Like yeah, and, and, then, I I might, and then it's called it's called caught up. Caught up. Caught up, yeah, I remember that film. I remember what you were for the scene. I remember the whole movie. It's horrible, bro. <laughs> dude, I can't wait to watch it. I, I saw it last time. Like, dude, I was so skinny. Like, dude, I was like 120 pounds, bro. <laughs> I was like 120 pounds, and I couldn't gain weight for, like, like even if I ate, like, three water burgers every freaking day, I wouldn't gain weight, man. But now yeah, I, can just, I can just smell a water burger, and I gain 10 pounds and shit. Oh, dude, tell me about it. <laughs> Yeah, dude. But he was telling me how um, he was. He had to be creative because he had very like he wasn't. It was just like YouTube was barely coming up for him. Like he was, I think, eleven, twelve years old. And like I was like, we had that same uh, feeling when we were kids because I remember you and I and Rick and Los Cuates. You know, everybody would like jump on like, hey, let's do this, and everybody be creative. Hey, let's do that. Like you know, uh, we get on the camera and. We just we were just creative. We didn't have too much direction, but we had an idea of what to do. And I think mm -hmm. that's what happened to Felipe. And and now he's actually gone into like venture out into that. Even though it's amazing to dad, see, yeah, because dad passed away in, uh, a couple of years ago, and mm -hmm. he had he kind of told him like, hey, uh, follow that. You know, you think you have a gift for that, and he did follow that passion. And now you see him like in film school, which is that's one of our dreams. Both of our dreams was to actually go to film school and he's actually doing it so that's amazing for somebody that age yeah and, i love seeing the journey uh-huh yeah man so and then so now that we're talking right now man I, um a lot of those I, I, you have a similar background and since you're like an older guy you have a little bit more i guess now you're you, you've explored a lot and you set a an example for a lot of people right Mm -hmm. what are your like next projects even though you might want to keep some of them under wraps but I, and i know a lot of them but i don't know all of them <laughs> yeah like your personal project that you want to work on that you really want to maybe like give a glimpse to the listeners like of what you're planning to do maybe in a, in a general broad spec you know like we're like in the long run long term if you don't want to get specific i think i can summarize it very simple because it's uh obviously like uh, my body of work has evolved towards more filmmaking uh, and storytelling in different mediums, such as um, it, it ranges from uh, working with people that are trying to tell a story in one minute uh, all the way to, a, you know, the latest one is a six episode series that um was filmed in japan mm. and tells a story of how the J japan the japan customs are um integrated into our culture in america right and yeah. um, so the way i can sum up what i'm working on is just storytelling and telling telling stories every day with in different mediums and in, the, in different platforms as well 
so it's not so much um it's not so much the the how big the project is is how impactful the story is being told and uh, i like to keep I like to keep my when i come when i come into projects i like to I always think about what what is the story here and how we're going to tell it and whatever role i play in that could be small or big it doesn't really matter as long as that story gets out to the world so you know these next few years or however time i'm granted that that's the mission you know that's the mission keep keep sharing stories one of the, one of the most um exciting projects for me right now um is just simply working with Susie because her story is super powerful and yes. um, and Susie has always been kind of like in the shadows letting me do my thing but I've always seen her as an inspiration she's one of my you know one of my sources of inspiration so it's exciting for her to finally come out and and say hey you know what like I I I know what you're going through because I'm I've got I've gone through it multiple times and her her story is is one that I know can can inspire and change a lot of people's lives so um you know along with that I'm actually working on a documentary locally um it's a story I can't really disclose much of it and I'm, I'm actually you in see, the building actually in the see, building yeah. where we're, where I didn't we're know shooting. that one yeah I didn't know that one and I'm your brother yeah I've, I've mentioned it to you. I just I'm haven't at, disclosed the full details of it, but it's actually it's actually now an ongoing um, story. That's it's, there's no ending on it yet, but it's a real real documentary on a big story that happened in Laredo about two years ago. I'll, I'll say that, and I'm actually in the building where we're, we're filming most of it. Um, I'll just see a white wall, so you can't tell where I'm at, but it's somewhere yeah. downtown. And it's a very, very powerful story because it impacted our community. And when people see this, um, people are going to stand the magnitude of of uh, of Laredo and how much is it's grown. It's no longer a, it's no longer a s small city. It's no longer it's a town. Longer, it's no longer a town. Mm -mm. And you're going to understand that um we're in a different gen this is different era different generation for laredo so i'm excited about that story that and the the only thing i can say about that i guess is that um it's ongoing it's in production and it'll probably be going in production for the next three four months um, nice and then we'll see we'll see when it comes out but i'm excited about that because it's it's a story that i can tell from my you know in my backyard that's cool, man. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Even though I'm like now, I'm like even more like oh, wondering what is it all about. But yeah, you know what? And after the call, I guess I can I can talk about it more in detail. Um, See, guys, that's what. So and then I'll re as as soon as I get um, uh, clearance clearance, I'll yeah. I'll share it with the world. Hey, dude. Um, so, dude, that's badass. Like, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to all your projects. I know that Legends Train is kicking off, and I think you guys have like up to seventeen thousand followers on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, I remember when you guys had like a hundred, and I was one of those like first, you know, hundred people that logged on. And now it's six seventeen thousand people, man, and it's amazing. 
um, and growing. And I see that the product line is growing. You guys are just definitely like putting a hustle on that. And I love that. And taking notes because, I mean, we're all like in the same, you know, we're all trying to put our own lane, get, get our own lane. So I love that you're setting that example for a lot of us. And, and not only that, but you're making everything, everything's possible. With the, right, with the right state of mind and the right plan behind it. So mm -hmm. I love that. Amen to that. Yes, man. So now that you're in that state of mind and you're working on these projects and you're like cultivating all these ideas and I want to get a little bit more into like the questions that I really want to get. This is where I get the fat, you know, or for the, for the, for the shows we're going to produce and we, the switch, um, there's since we've been in this the quarantine you know a lot of things have changed we we kind of spoke about it a little bit in brief so i'm going to talk about about these eight things and you can just shoot as much as you can or if uh, whatever you have at this moment so i'm going to talk about the environment i'll talk about the routines your diet the entertainment the information your digital life which I, we know most that you're a digital person. <laughs> you're not real. I'm analog, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I was going to say switch that. Switching it up. I, bro, I was going to switch my name up to Analog Eric because like, I'm not no digital anymore. <laughs> it's crazy you said that. I was, right. yeah. yeah. And then and we're also going to talk about currency, which is like two types, you know, monetary and time as well. So on the first question is like, okay, so you're a very creative person. And a big thing that goes with it is the environment. So how do you control the, your creative environment so that you're the most effective? What is the key thing for you when you go into the environment for your working space? You know, it's crazy you asked that because I was actually thinking about this quote um, by Albert Einstein that says uh, that your work environment is a representation of your mind. And back in my early 20s, I was the type of guy that had everything everywhere, like just mess everywhere and papers here and camera equipment here and just a mess all over the place. And as I've transitioned into an older person, um, I've learned to focus on making sure that my environment is clean and um, not like meticulous to the, to the sense where everything's like completely organized, but um, to the sense where it's almost enjoyable to sit down at your desk. And okay. it's a certain high that you get when you know that your environment is completely represents you. So obviously you, my workspace right now is not where I'm at. Um, but if you see my, I don't know if you've seen my actual workspace that I have that I've been working from home. I have uh, the, I have um, my 22, 24, I forgot what inch uh, monitor I have. I have my mm -hmm. laptop next to me. And then I have uh, most of it's like in specific color. I can change the colors on it. And then the background, I have uh, two lightsabers. One belongs to Luke Skywalker, and the other one belongs to um, Darth Vader. I saw that. I saw it on one of your yeah. pictures, I think. Yeah, so I have those up, and I light up. I light those up. You know, create this sense of um, 
it creates this, you know, it, it's like it's like a turning on a switch, you know. This is okay. I'm I'm in my element now. Um, <laughs> and the other thing has a lot a lot to do with pollution, uh, noise pollution. I think the okay. it's very important for you to have some some. Um, I don't know about you, but for me, I cannot work in an environment where there's noise. I just can't. It's my. Um, so you you rather not have any you rather not have like any noise whatsoever or like or some like melodic music in the background or nothing at all. Um, so good question. I think it depends. There's two ways to look at it. Me is I'm in a very interesting scenario because I work with a lot of uh, video production. So when you're in the middle of a project, you can't be listening to out exterior noise. You have to be listening to the audio that's coming from your project. Mm. So. Mm. There's very little times that I actually can listen to like something in the background. But um, if I was like to just be studying or learning something or reading something, I would definitely um, have my Spotify on playing some music in the background. Some, you know, some cool brain food, as they call it. Wow. Mm -hmm. So brain that's, food, that's the way I look, look at it, man. Like if you, if you have a chance, and, no, not not if you have a chance. Make time to clean your desk, clean your work area, and organize your shit, man. That's it. No excuses. I like that. I like that, man. That's good. That's some good info for the for the listeners. Also, uh, I wanted to ask you now, like routine. It's been very hard for all of us to actually have an established routine. Not maybe not all of us. Maybe some people are really dedicated to their routine and stuff. But for me, it changed drastically. I was always out and about on the streets doing visits. And since I'm a speech pathologist, uh, like I would drive to people's homes and do speech therapy with their kids and always active. And now that I've been home doing telehealth, like doing visits through appointments, through, through actual mm -hmm. computer, video, Zoom, it's just, it's, I don't feel it, bro. Like I like to be active. I like to be moving. And especially with the kids, like they need to see your energy to captivate their attention. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I can't use one of my skills is to, to do that, you know. Now I'm having to figure it out. The good thing is that since we've always been good with the camera, it's helped me to like kind of like learn little tricks here and there to maneuver like the the the, the, the visual the visual field for them. And be like, oh, like I like that, you know. And I've I've managed, but still it's not the same. So my routine has changed a lot. I'm pretty sure yours has been affected as well. What? If you do have a routine, how has it uh, affected you with this whole change? And if you don't, or why should you have a routine? Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's obvious that everybody's routine has been completely changed. Like, one of the biggest things that happened to me was not the fact that we were in quarantine, is the fact that everybody was in quarantine with me now. So I used to work from from home. I've been working from home for the last four years, wherever I'm at. All I need is Wi-Fi and a laptop. I'm good. I can <laughs> I can deliver. But now, like, like your quote, life. What did you say? Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi and a dream. dream. <laughs> wi yeah, so, yeah Wi-Fi and a dream. I actually do have a shirt that's coming out with that on it. That, uh, uh, <laughs> but now, the problem is that now everybody's with me. Like now, the kids are home. You know, everybody's home, and then it's hard hard for me to have that space for myself to just um focus. work focus and work and um it's been it's been really hard because of that but the only thing i can suggest is that 
when you when you journal in the mornings well journal in the mornings right and write down the two or three things that you have to do for sure no no like what are the goals for the day what do you got to accomplish that day and then time block those hours the amount of hours you need for that each goal for that day for that day don't See, try to do yeah simple it's simple really as that simple it's not too complex because for me like I think about routine is super complex. Like, oh, like, what do you want to do, like, every part of the day? But if you break it down like that, it's very helpful. Because like, you're like, uh, what is the importance and how am I going to do it throughout the day? Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. So break on, break down your day like that. That way it becomes a habit that you know what you've got to accomplish for the day. And then the, the non-negotiation are a few things. One is obviously um, your health and your for me, it's my fitness routine. So I haven't been, I haven't gone to the gym in a few months now, but I stay active running. So I go for my, when I wake up, the first thing that I, that comes to, comes into play is me staying active. So I go from being asleep for eight hours to now waking up and then going for my run. When I'm going for my run, I'm already like, you know, whether it's two, three, four miles, five miles, whatever that is. I'm already processing all the things that I have to do for the day. And then I'm, by the time I finish my run, I already know, like, game on, you know, so. I love that. Yeah. You kind of you knock out a lot of uh, things with that one specific routine because mm -hmm. even though it's, it's, you're saying that your routine's messed up, that is kind of like a routine that you created. And it works for you, even though it's mm -hmm. like you got to get up and going. And then when you're you running, know, you're, you're yeah. marinating all the ideas of what has to happen in your schedule. The other thing that, that I've struggled with recently is the fact that since since the kids are not going to school, they want to go to sleep at four in the morning, five in the morning, six in the morning. And Same if, I can't, if I can't go to sleep at 10, at 10 p.m., um, or if I do, end up do going to sleep at 10 p.m., all the noise and distractions or what all that, that that thing going on in the background wakes me up, and then I can't go to sleep. So I've had really I've struggled a lot being able to just have my sleep. my six to eight hours of sleep every night. Um, but that's something you know that hopefully um, once things go back to normal, I'll be able to fix. But yeah, it's yeah. a struggle. I know that I've. Uh, we're. I think a lot of us are facing that that struggle with, especially with the kids at home and not having that, like, oh, having to go to sleep early. Uh, mm -hmm. My my kids don't go to sleep early either. So yeah, they're like, kinda... they're like, I, I don't give a damn. They're like, y'all gotta go to sleep because I gotta go to work. And they're like, we don't, we don't give a damn. We, we're not going to work. We're staying <laughs> there. Like, God damn. I know, man. So I can't I can't relate. I'm, I'm not too hard on them because um, I know they might they're going through some other like stress factors that we yeah. we had when we were kids and they didn't, I mean that we didn't have when we were kids you know we didn't have that shit so yeah they're, totally they're we're getting them accustomed to being for them to being on the sale yeah hey dude so okay we kind of covered like a, a couple of uh, topics there so I'll just make sure I make notes of that but one thing that I did want I did want to ask you is as far as entertainment and I'm pretty sure you're going to be in agreement with me um I last I just saw the last dance the the last episode yesterday and I was like in tears man every time I watch that shit I, I cry a little bit a little bit a little bit which one's your favorite lot. episode dude they're all good man and to me the last episode was amazing too because 
it goes a little bit back and forth and I like that whole back and forth thing. But just all the stories, man. I think the one with Steve Kerr hit me a lot, man, because Steve Kerr was always like the like I love that he stood up to Mike, you know, and and uh he had a lot of he had a lot of things he had never shown to anybody, like his dad dying and stuff and yeah. And um him got to go like to school on the last resort, like to Arizona and not getting like offers. Like he was like the, I love the underdog story. And that was a perfect underdog story right there. So I love that part of Steve Kerr that he shared it because he was always that dude that got only a little bit of light. And I was able to see a lot of light in that show and that episode. So that was a really good episode. And what about you, man? How do you feel? I mean, as far as entertainment goes, I know you're going to, and I want you to talk about that one in particular, but also uh, talk about what do you do in your downtime for entertainment? I mean, well, let me talk about The Last Dance real quick. Yes, yes. Ex- yeah, my... touch on that first and then yeah, jump on the rest. So, you know, like we grew up together and seeing Michael go through all his phases from the Pistons, losing to the Pistons and finally overcoming them. We saw it live. And every time I remember growing up, one of the things that always stood out to me was that it almost felt like it was scripted. Like this is, it feels like a movie. Like he always finds a way to win in the end, the buzzer beaters, you know, his style. Like I remember the first time I got a pair of Jordans, it was you and Ricky that told me like, get these shoes. And it was a Jordan <laughs> it was the Jordan fives, I believe. Yeah, the black ones, right? And at the time, I really didn't know who Jordan. Like, I knew who he was, but I was too young to understand the the magnitude of Michael Jordan. And uh, I ended up becoming a fan. And you know, a lot of the a lot of the the ideas of or the dreams or the the possibilities of you being able to do something stem from you understanding that Michael Jordan was able to do some amazing things. So the best way I can explain it is that. Michael Jordan somehow made you believe that you could do anything. Like he get, he instilled that in you. And if you were able to grow up watching this, it explains a lot why, you know, for me, I see like, that's one of the reasons I'm very confident in the projects that I take. And even though it might seem impossible for a lot of people, for me, it's like, hey, let's get to work. And that comes from, that comes from Michael Jordan and seeing it again as an adult, looking back, um, there couldn't be a better time to see this man. Like if it was like almost perfect timing for him to release this. And the, the interesting part is like going back to what I just said, it almost feels like a movie. Um, it seems like everything he's done has almost had perfect timing. Um, and for us to be going through this notion of everything stopping, you know, it seems like the world completely stopped. And then as the world stops, you know, Michael Jordan comes out with a 10 episode series. Um, it was just amazing. And it's, uh, that's the only time I've, that's the only time during this quarantine that I've binge watched anything. Um, thank you to Ricky or my other brother, Ricky, he hooked me up with his Hulu account and I was able to see it. And, um, <laughs> but another thing that, that um, amazed me about watching this was uh, this idea that Michael Jordan was always present. He was always here. Oh, yeah. like, he was always, oh, yeah. he, I think he he embodies somebody like, even though it might sound stupid, but like somebody like Gandhi, where they're always in the present moment and they act with intention 
um, in the presence, not thinking about the reaction, not thinking about the things I've done in the past or what's going to happen in the future, always acting right now. And, and you know, what's crazy, Eric, that it also reminded me of dad a lot. I know, man. I know. I was going to say that. He reminds me a lot of dad for some reason, like the way he thinks, the way he speaks and the way he, I think, I think, uh, a lot of those, uh, I, I relate a lot to, to the way he, he reminds me of dad because he can be like the easygoing, flowish and trying to make everybody vibe but when it comes down to winning or like making something happen he goes straight to the core and be like hey snap out of it we're gonna do this and yeah. i've seen that uh use like when we used to coach the teams my dad used to be the coach to the soccer team and he would always like use mind over like mm -hmm. over over uh, anything he was always trying to get into your mind first before even your physique and anything else because like he knew that you needed to be mentally stable to beat anybody before you beat yourself with your mentality and that was something that i think jordan like learned to do with with his growth as a leader and then the chicago bulls team man mm -hmm. also do another thing that that it brought to me is um it gave me a lot of emotions that i used to have when i was younger like the 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 comp like the competitive drive the tenacity like i learned that from him dude and so when i used mm -hmm. to play like i hated to lose and I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure that's something that he taught, like, not not my dad in particular, but, like, seeing Jordan play, you know. Um, it's like, man, I, I had that drive. Like, I could not lose. I, I, I had the mentality that any game could be won. And because of seeing him play and having those uh, beautiful games where, like, they were losing horribly and he came back and they almost – sometimes they, they, didn't lose, they didn't win, but a lot of them, he came back and he won the game practically by himself. So, yeah. It gave me a lot of those old emotions of tenacity, the the drive, passion. the passion, driven. being driven. Yeah, man. Dude. I um, used to feel like that. I don't feel like that about it in sports anymore. But at one point, I was I was feeling like that. I don't know if yeah, like well, that that that's that's the that's the way, that's that's the reason that I see it as something where it's impacted me so much. Being able to grow up during that generation, that it's not just about sports, like the same mindset could be applied to every single project or goal that you have in mind. Um, it doesn't have to be just all about sports. And I think that's the beauty of seeing somebody just being so disciplined and relentless with becoming the best, literally the best version of themselves day in and day out. Like there was not a day that you can like, there was, I think there was one episode that spoke about how Michael Jordan went to a casino before uh, oh, yeah. playing the Knicks in game three and they lost um, right? and they ended up losing. And it was like, you know, the talk of this guy has a gambling problem isn't that, but even, even at that level, um, I think Michael Jordan has been able to be a person where um, he's always going to give you the very best of his, of his ability. And not, not everybody can do that, man. Like a lot of people, the reason that they're not professionals in their, in their field or experts in their field is because they give you hundred percent of themselves, you know, 10% of the time. And that's the difference, man. There's a difference between making it to the NBA or not making it to the NBA or, or becoming a professional in your field. Like I think a lot of people slack off, you know, they, they make it to a certain point and they, they get complacent after a while. They're like, ah, you know, and having having a goal in mind, you can't be like that. You gotta have that goal 
as a starting point, you know? So for example, with a po- when you launch a podcast, the first goal was to get your first 10 episodes, you know, and or the first 100 people to listen to your podcast. But that wasn't the end goal, you know? You got to keep going. You got to keep building. And um, that's something that Michael Jordan has instilled in me that I'll never be, that I mean, that I'll always, always be grateful for having. And I still remember like him retiring in 93 and how that, it almost felt like, like as bad as like somebody breaking up with you, like a girlfriend breaking up with you, you know, like I still remember that moment so clearly, like if somebody had taken away something from me and and it wasn't, it just like, it felt like it wasn't fair that he had retired and, and now, and and even even then, like I remember thinking, like, am I gonna play basketball next year? Like me myself as a kid. Thinking, like, <laughs> yeah, that's I'm how. Gonna, like, I'm gonna retire I, too. <laughs> I'm gonna retire too. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah, I remember, I remember about the pennies. No, yeah, mom bought it for me. You remember Penny? Like that's when he became popular. Yeah, he was like, okay, we don't have Jordan anymore. Who's gonna be our next kid? And then they brought up Penny and. Didn't work out. I mean, obviously, it didn't work out. But for a while, Penny he was, was an amazing high. player, though. No, no, I'm saying, yeah, but I mean, for the long run, it didn't work out. Because mm-hmm. uh, then Jordan came back, and then he just like pff, obliterated everybody again. I love that mm-hmm. part of the story too. How they they touched on that, like how he went through that whole confusion of what he really wanted to do. Because I think he he felt like he he had to. Because I mean, you see it now from behind the lens, and when you're seeing like the behind the scenes stuff. And you're like, man, he was like in full stress mode, like all the time. People, people were wanting to see what he was doing. What he, I mean, this is before social media existed. So imagine he, he kind of experienced what social media is right now. That like where you have the camera on you all the time, mm-hmm. uh, but he had no control of that. Like he was like, yeah. these people want to talk to me, and I want to freaking relax." You know, one of where he's chilling in his hotel. I was like it was nice and calm until you guys came in. You know, <laughs> I was like, "Oh shit!" So. He was dealing with a lot of stress, and he figured out how to do it by putting his A game always. I think that's – I mean, because the, the best way to get rid of stress is to be highly physically active and then get rid of a lot of the stress because it balances your your all your hormones and all the, you know, the neurotransmitters and all that stuff. So hey, I think so that's the way – uh-huh. Just real quick, before I forget this, um, episode five with Kobe Bryant, those first five minutes – so emotional man yeah so so powerful powerful i wish i kind of wish lebron would have come out in at least one episode i know did he ever get to play him no i don't don't think so right well the story is that lebron when he was 16 years old he um he was at a gym in chicago like he got invited to go play and charles oakley was there and then um uh, all these other players were there nba players and when Ch- Charles Oakley moved, LeBron saw Michael Jordan for the first time, and he was like, "Damn, I thought I was looking at Jesus Christ." <laughs> and you know, it's weird. The first, because I, I, I was, I got the privilege to go see Michael Jordan one time with the Wizards. One time, right? huh? With the Wizards, right? When he was with the Wizards, and by pure coincidence, I was gifted front row seats. Like by, when I showed up to go see him. One of my friends was there that had the whole role for him. And he was like, hey, Jeff. So he he hooked me up and Susie up front row. We were at the second row, but we were right there. And I still remember there was one time 
I shit you not, bro. This is the cra- one of the craziest moments that ever happened to me in my life. After a timeout, Jordan's walking towards Jordan's walking back into the court, and as he was walking towards the court, he literally like makes eye contact straight with me, and it was like for you know maybe like three four seconds where I just couldn't believe that it was Michael Jordan in person. It was like so surreal. The most surreal. It's like it's like seeing a ghost. That's it's like seeing a ghost. Surreal. Yeah, and uh, I have photos of that by the way. I have them um, printed out. Bro. Not at that moment because I, was, I wasn't taking pictures at that moment, but I was. Um, I have pictures that's, of that night. That's really nice. That's really nice. I I, I never saw him, but shit, I saw most of the games he played in. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it'd be it would be a dream come true to be able to um, work with his brand or something. You know, like maybe the, with the Bobcats or Hornets now. Hornets. Yeah, somehow tell a story or. You know, yeah. NBA is yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing what the NBA has done for all the communities. You know, and what it makes, what it gives. I think the reason I love the NBA a lot, and think I know we're going off topic, but I'll just end it here real quick. Uh-huh. Like for example, the NFL. I feel like a lot of the people that go through NFL, um, through the program, the football program, like a lot of them get some type of uh, permanent damage with its um, physical mental and a lot of these players don't don't need don't make it to the you know to the to the nfl and even when they do they have like really hard careers and the nba seems to be the best of the best when when an athlete can become a like a super athlete making millions of dollars providing for their families or communities and at the same time having a long career that that's very rewarding so nba's nba has always been my favorite because of that yeah, man. Actually, after seeing this uh, whole series, it's kind of re-inspired me to watch basketball again because I was kind of like in the last few years, I have been like very different from it. Ever since Derrick Rose left the Bulls, I haven't been in you know, an avid Bulls fan. Mm-hmm. I'll just like see what's going on or just the NBA in general. Like when I was a kid, I used to watch all the games. It didn't matter if the Bulls were playing or not. Like, But I, I made sure to watch all the Bulls games. But I was watching all the games. Like, I was studying all the players. I was studying, like, stats. And I love Marv Albert's voice. I love the whole, like, freaking, the, the energy behind, like, Jordan. <laughs> all that Jordan. Shit. Um, uh, and now so, it's just like, I don't know who the fuck is who. So, like, it doesn't really motivate me to watch it. So, let me ask you, um, how do you feel about the whole LeBron-Jordan debate? Man, I don't know. This is like I like I like LeBron's story. I think his story is very unique. But I mean MJ's is like it's just a beautiful story. I think it has all the like I think at one point I was like LeBron is a better guy, but not as a player, like more like the better story. But now like man, this this just reminds me why Jordan is the best, you know. I think for a while I was like screw Jordan, you know, like I, but, yeah. I feel like it in the like, I've I've never thought LeBron was a better player. No, hell no, me either. Um, I've always known Jordan as the goat. Yeah, but I just kind of have this sense of sympathy for for LeBron. I kind of feel bad for the fact that this came out. I think it puts a little bit of pressure on him to have a have a good ending to his career. But also, I think it it puts a lot of things into perspective. 
because like when Jordan retired, like he might have been able to do. I think the last episode talks about that. He might have been been able to do a few things to keep the team together for at least a year or two. And yeah. I don't think, and I think a lot of them, from from what I see, like they kind of they might have taken a little bit for granted the position they were in. Yeah, man. And, um, yeah, it's just interesting. But watching that last on the on watching that that last episode, I was like, I kind of knew why. Like, they wanted ended it there. Like, I think Phil knew that it was declining. Phil knew that the team was declining. He's like, okay, Jordan is like at his almost at his peak, and no, he was he was at his peak. He was at his peak, bro. <laughs> and then, he but had the game. but uh, like physically, he was declining, like little by little. And then uh, Scotty, man, he was yeah, like his back was done. I mean, I think uh, Phil was like looking at the long term, like man, if I come back, it's gonna be pretty much a hard, like very hard to come back and win it, because everybody was ganging up on them, you know, physically. Um, it was a long, long season where just battles. Of, I would have loved you know, to see them. It would have been bad to see. It would have been bad to see. Out of the Spurs. I would have loved to see that. <laughs> I would have been still talking about it right now. I would like. Shout out to all the Spurs fans. Got you guys got annihilated, swept in the finals by the Bulls. <laughs> it would have been awesome, did, bro. Did you see what Avery Johnson came out with? No, what did he say? He was like, oh, that 99, or was it 98 and 99? That 99, 99 Spurs team, we would have taken the Bulls in five. <laughs> bro, they didn't even play the whole season. <laughs> right? Or did they? I was like, nigga, you on crack. <laughs> Nah, but he, everybody gets wants to like show. Like, nah, like, nah, it's cool. I actually, I've always been a big fan of uh, Avery Johnson, but I actually got to meet him once. He came to Laredo for, I forgot what he came for. I got to meet Avery Johnson, just an amazing human being. Very positive energy, right? Super yeah, nice. and I, and to to credit of the Spurs, they did have a very, um, they had a similar team to the Bulls in the sense of the way they moved the ball. Yes, um, that's, when, that's when their whole. Um, their offense started to become, you know, what they are, the, what they became, where they moved the ball, very similar to the triangle. Very versatile Avery Johnson, team. Avery Johnson would never miss that jumper from the top of the key. I hated that. Ugly jumper. I mean, jumper because was, you knew it was going in. It was going in all the time. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's uh, good memories. Good memories. Yeah, man, a lot of good memories. It reminded me a lot of our childhood too, man, because – like the earlier part of the Bulls, like when before they like you said, when we watched them against the Pistons and all those series, I remember uh, like us being together, like you, mom, dad, Jeff, I mean, you, Rick, and everybody, like us five. And we're always watching those games. I remember watching them in, in the TV we had in the living room or in one of the rooms with the AC on, you know. Mm -hmm. So it was very, very impactful. And especially when they, they beat the LA Lakers, bro, I was like, man, that was one of the best freaking wins ever because we had seen Michael Jordan struggle for, like, years. And, like, when he got there. Yeah. I still remember uh, uh, Tio Ivan being a Lakers fan. <laughs> yeah. And, like, giving us shit every game. And we would always, the Bulls, you know, obviously, they, they only lost once. That one game. Yeah, but um, Tio Ivan was giving us a hard time. That was a beautiful freaking um, world championship, man. Mm -hmm. Bro, but yeah, so, a lot of good memories. You have more, did you have more questions or no? Yeah, let I'm me sorry. just one more question. One more question. The last one. I don't want to get too uh, distracted. That's why. No, no, no it's cool, it's cool. Yeah, and I have, I have very little 
um, energy on my time here, on my uh, on my battery. But yeah, the last one is okay. Information. Where do you get it, and who feeds us the information? Who feeds you the information? And then, uh, do you take portion control, or do you just give me all the information? Um, there's waves. I there's no such thing as trusting one source. Of exactly, you know, it's really it's really hard to trust a source. So. I like, I have a few people in my life that I trust deeply that I always resort to for advice um, or for, I always pick their brains when I want to know something. And you always got to understand that there's, there is going to be times where there is agendas at play mm-hmm. where there is, but it's not, it's not always like that. There are some things that happen organically and at the end of the day, you you have to make decisions based on what's best for you and your family always. So um, when I when I mentioned the word waves earlier, like I was referring to, like sometimes you have to spend more time researching before making a decision. And researching cannot come from one source always. That's the way people are controlled. So, and that's the beauty of living in America and, or in a, in a de- democratic um, country where we have we have the freedom to even use the dark web if we wanted to, you know, we can use anything we want. Well, I don't know if it's, I don't know how legal it is to buy some things in there, but <laughs> uh, you know, you have access to blogs and, and anybody can publish nowadays, anybody can publish a, a blog right now. So everybody can publish a, but, a, a podcast. So there is, there is, um, um, people that you should listen to and people you shouldn't, but that's, I don't want to come here and and say this is what you should listen to, but what I do want to say is um, don't listen to just one source. A lot of people just listen to that one source. Like, you see a lot of the people that that, lo- that are in love with, for example, and I'll, and I'll touch a little bit of politics, but the way it works is like people that love Donald Trump get all their source from Fox News. People that hate Donald Trump get all their source from CNN. And then you talk to these persons and they uh, they repeat what the Fox News said or what CNN said. And they're like, okay, man, like you're not more educated than any other person because you're listening to one source of information. And that's the, that's the way people, that's the way, that's the way somebody can run an agenda on you. So um, that's the way I see things. So sometimes you do have to do more research and sometimes you do have to spend more time reading information on something. Uh, when it when it came to COVID and the virus, uh, my first the first person I spoke to was to a doctor, you know, and I this was back in January. I spoke to a doctor about it. Hey Jeff, I showed you cut him. off. You hear me, Jeff? You cut off, man. I think it's probably your phone. You hear me? Yo. You hear me? You cut off for a little bit. He said the first person you spoke with was who? So yeah, when when COVID when COVID started uh, back in January, the first person I reached out to was to a doctor, and I got I got the information directly from the doctor, 
and the doctor told me not to worry that it was there was no way that that virus could uh impact us and for us not to hit the panic button like for me that this is back in january bro and with me i i get i I, i'm always checking out the world news because because i travel i travel a lot i'm always in different places and you gotta be careful where where you go so you always gotta be thinking ahead and ironically um this ended up impacting us faster than what the doctor had told me but um you can't going back to what i was saying like you can't get your information from one source so you know look for experts that you can trust you know um i i'm happy that one of the other people that i that i highly rely on right now are two attorneys uh mark gonzalez and Uriel drucker they're uh from laredo texas and that happen to work um on projects uh with them so whenever it comes to anything happening with the city or with the government they're the first people i i ask so it's always good to have mentors in your life or people that you can highly trust that are smarter than you that are wiser than you that have lived longer than you and um that's you know that's the way that's the way i see things you know love that man that's that's some good good uh information because i actually i actually listen to a lot of it and then i digest and then like all right let me make my own opinion about all this because some of sometimes you can tell right away what's an agenda or somebody has some kind of scripted narrative and you're like nah that doesn't sound right even if it sounds legit you still gotta like really handle information um correct and now i a lot of reading I'm pretty sure you did too, but done a lot of reading on on my own for like uh, things about the brain, things about the body, things about theory stuff. Like on my own, like I don't want people to tell me, "Oh, this is the way it is," and then I just ingest it. Mm-hmm. So I've done the reading. I think that's helped me a lot. Really get information that I know it's factual stuff, you know, and that actually uh, has a um, a bigger impact on the way I understand things. Instead of just like, oh, look, this is the way it was, and this is how it is, and then, okay, that's the way it is, and you might be totally wrong. So, yeah, and at the, at the end of the day, man, like, you have to sometimes go to ex- to heavy extents to obtain the information you want. So, I'll give you a perfect example. A few years ago, I'm talking about four years ago, I um, I started realizing that a lot of the people around me were either getting sick or they were going through problems that you know most most people in their later later lives are are having problems like that like you know high blood pressure or you know people getting cancer often and i took it upon myself to do the research um on what causes all this what causes sickness you know where's what's the what's the root of sickness and what's the root of the root of disease and this journey took me all the way to like South America, where I was I was uh, in this in this village um, known as Usha Village. And I did all that research on my own over the course of three four years to really find out what is causing all this. You know, so when it comes to like information, sometimes you do have to experiment. You know, when we're kids, we're we're taught about the scientific uh, method, right? hypothesis problem hypothesis 
um, and then you try to solve it, see if it, see if it works. If not, you try something else. And that's really what we should be doing with a lot of the information that we receive or we obtain, um, you know, see if it's true, do the extra work, do be, go to, go to heavy extents to find out the truth. Um, yeah, man, because there's so much misinformation. Like I was watching videos. Um, I was, I saw so many people sharing videos about hoaxes, about, you know, COVID-19 being a hoax. Um, actually, Oscar, I saw Oscar at the Target, and he thought it was a hoax. He was like, Jeff, like, he's, he wasn't wearing gloves, like, he's a badger at Target, like, not wearing gloves, not wearing a mask, like, nothing nonchalant. And I'm like, bro, you, <laughs> like, you, you gutsy-ass motherfucker. <laughs> you know, like, and he was like, nah, man, it's, uh, he called it a, uh, what was it, what did he call it? He called it a... Some some form of a hoax word, like he called it a hoax, something with a hoax. But whatever, I was like, nah, man, like really look into it because uh, you know, a lot of people are dying, and and you know, it's obviously you care about your friends, so you want to make sure that they take um, precaution. So, but yeah, there's a lot of misinformation, and sometimes you do have to do your own research. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I think uh, that's a good. That's a good answer. I love that. I love that you share all that knowledge. <laughs> but yeah, man. Um, what you gotta do? You just gotta do what you gotta do. People yeah, are so man. used to just googling. That's it. They Google. They Google for like three minutes, and oh, I got the answer. Nah, bro. It says yeah. this. Like, no, man. There's a reason that ranked number. That the reason that the first never trust the first page. I always go to the second or the third. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I like that. I like that, bro. So I guess uh, we're going to wrap it up because it's already been like an hour and a lot of audio, but it's, I think it was a great interview and I'm going to be doing more interviews with you as we go on because there's a lot of other projects that I want to talk about and it'll be more specific. But for right now, I think you provided us with more than enough that we can work with for the We Decision podcast and also for the Infinite podcast. What do you think about the name? I love the name, man. It's I feel like it's uh, one of those names that's like double meaning. Like you know, infinite talks. You can you can have a long conversation, could be infinite, but the meaning behind these talks is also infinite. Exactly, infinite waves. Infinite frequencies. Is that is that the meaning behind it? Did I nail it? Yeah. No. Nah. <laughs> nah. No, it's actually. I thought it was a pretty cool because I've thought about it for a while. I just I chose it a while back and I had it in my anchor mm -hmm. podcast. As Infinite Talk, it, it wasn't the title title to the actual podcast. It was just Erica Steele podcast. Like no no no, it's got to be Infinite Talk with Erica Steele. And I like it because you have, I can talk to anybody about whatever and it doesn't have to be one specific, you know, topic. True. And yeah. Talk about, talk about infinite things and, but also about impactful things. And then like right now I'm talking about a wide range of topics, but they all kind of like sink in together at the end. So I like that. But yeah, I'm not bro. 
Huh? What'd you say? You gotta get that merch. In the process, bro. I got the first prototypes. <laughs> Infinite frequencies. Yes, sir. Infinite frequencies, bro. They don't stop. All right, brother. Um, I guess I'll catch you later. I'm gonna end the I'm gonna end the broadcast here, but we'll still let's just stay on real quick. We're not, I'm gonna end the broadcast. All right, guys. Okay. Peace out. Peace Thank out, you for guys. everybody that watched it. We couldn't see the comments, just so you guys know, so we didn't ignore people, but we couldn't. We just a podcast on all audio platforms and check out uh, Infinite Talks on the Anchor website or Anchor podcast. You can also I think you can also search it up in any podcast. Why don't you just put it on Facebook too? I was like, I'll do that. Yeah, put it on Facebook. All right. Peace. Thing I do. Peace out, guys. So much. Peace and love.